welcome to another fantastic week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We are so happy to be here with you guys. We're here to talk about some yarn stuff and some witchy stuff. Emily's got a little bit of news this week. If you want to take it away. I do. I am going to be vending at Art on Vine, which is going to be inside the Rheingeist Tap Room in Cincinnati, which is one of my favorite breweries. So I'm really excited because I'm going to get to drink beer and sell pins at the same time. And that will be this Sunday, February 20th. And I know that that has already happened if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, but I'm going to be doing the same thing also on Sunday, March 13th. So if you miss February 20th, you could come see me on March 13th, buy some pins, drink some beer. It'll be a fun time. Is it an all-day event? It is from 12 to 7. Nice. Nice. 12 to 7. Two dates, the Ryan Guys Brewery. I wish I live closer to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. There's going to be other local artists there. So shop around, have a good time with me. Excellent. Sweet. And then you finished something too this week? I did. Be impressed with me. I am impressed with you. I should have known that's what it was. It's so gorgeous. It's a shawl. I really like how it turned out. This is so I've it's this is my cute. shawl design that is for sock sets. And I see you haven't woven in the ends yet. I did weave in the ends, but I haven't trimmed oh, them off yet because I haven't. do my uh weave them in don't trim them off blocking technique smart that's smart yes so they are woven in but they aren't cut off yet and this is knit in a big little yarn co in one of the ghibli colorways town with an ocean view and it's a sock set so it's one 100 Mm -hmm. gram fingering weight skein and one 20 gram mini skein and i am pretty surprised the size of it is pretty good for that much yarn. Mm-hmm. I think it turned out pretty fabulous. I'm very happy about it. It's gorgeous. So I'm calling this macaroon box and I'm going to do something a little bit different with this pattern. Uh, I'm going to sell the pattern as macaroon box and inside the pattern will be multiple PDF files uh, that will be different flavors of macaroons. So this one, I think I'm going to maybe call lavender macaroon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one has the nice big eyelets and there's a cute little pretty easy nice lace border on the end of it Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do different versions of the same shape of shawl that will be in different pdfs of the pattern and they will come out over time I might raise the price of the pattern over time because of that Uh, so get it early and then you can get all of them for a cheaper price that's clever Thank you. I thought it was clever. And I'm also going to be knitting a plain vanilla version because this the shape of this is a pretty really simple repeat. So I'll be releasing that for free, just a plain garter stitch version of it. Uh, so mm-hmm. that one will be vanilla macaroon. And then if you want to do like the fancy fun stuff, you could purchase the pattern. So the uh, idea behind the vanilla macaroon will just be a garter crescent with a garter border and your contrasting color? Uh, I think I'm just going to do it in one skein. I don't think I'm going to do a contrast color. I might because I have random mini skeins, but I was thinking of seeing how big it is with just one skein of yarn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Did you finish any other things? Nope. Well, what have you been working on then? Well, since this is related, I will show it to you. It's another version of that shawl. (laughs) Garter version? Nope. (laughs) Look at you. You're so funny. Stockinette with Uh little garter stripes of the contrast instead of the 
at you. Instead of the eyelets. And this is the uh, carousel Howl's Moving Castle colorway of Big Little mm-hmm. Yarn Co.'s Studio Ghibli's. Uh, so I showed Chad a couple different sock. He's been wearing my shawls and my uh, cowls recently because it's cold in our house. Mm-hmm. And he's never wanted to do that before. But now he realizes it's very comfy. So mm-hmm. uh, he is going to get this one because it's the Howl's Moving Castle color. Very nice. So. Yeah, this is pretty fun. It's a nice little vanilla, easy mm-hmm. to work on while you're watching TV and stuff project. And I like the little pops of the contrast color as the garter. It's super cute. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're going to name this macaroon? I don't know. I have I have thought of like something swirl maybe because of the little stripies. Mm-hmm. I haven't fully decided yet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Perhaps, perhaps. Wow. I've made some progress on my knits this week. This is my ripple crop top. Oh my gosh. But you need my ripple crop top. Our ripple crop top. <laughs> I'm making this for you. Mm-hmm. And the marker is where I was last week. I was on my second front panel and I finished the entire back and I started on the little sleevey this morning. It looks like a whole top. It does look like a whole top. I tried it on this morning and I think you're going to like it. It's super cozy. It's nice and cropped. I am extremely confident that it will be a good fit. I think it's it's coming up great. I'm so I, excited. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm playing yarn chicken, but I am going to be playing some games. This is all the yarn I've got left. But it's now like, that you're on the sleeves, it like doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm on the sleeves, it doesn't really matter. So I have plan- nice arm tattoos. I don't mind showing off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also too, the shoulder is encapsulated a little bit in like the, the body of it and the sleeves aren't too much. And you don't have boxy broad shoulders, so it doesn't, it's not like it needs to stretch out to look a certain way. So my plan is I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of like work the sleeves concurrently. I'm going to pick up the second sleeve later and work from the outside of the ball and just kind of go until I run out of yarn. Cool. So maybe next week this will all be finished. I'm so excited. I think it's really good. I it like does. The hand like spun looks up. awesome. Mm-hmm. And I actually also made some decent progress despite not having a ton of knitting time on my little yoga socks. Oh, they're cute. Yeah, I made it out of my little ribbing section and I'm into the stockinette section here. And then I'm planning on doing calf increases as per your, um, which is oh, so they're going to be long yoga socks. They're going to be, yeah, I figure it'll be nice that way. If I'm chilly, I can like pull them up to my knees. Mm-hmm. And if it, I'm not so chilly, I can wear them like scrunchy leg warmers, like 80 style. Cute. So that's the plan. This is a Haverland that was inspired by Starship Troopers, which is a great B movie. It's actually, it's a terrible movie, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Happy times. Very cute. I like them. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I've been working on. What else have you been knitting on? I just have one more thing, which is my vanilla socks. I've also worked a little bit on my color work socks, the Tolkien ones, but they don't look that different. So I didn't grab them because I've just done a couple more rows on those guys. But this is the second sock of my vanilla socks. Oh my goodness. The first sock is all done. It looks so good. It's like a little rainbow gradient. Yeah, it's kind of like watermelon colors. It's this is the Royal Botanical Gardens colorway from the Queensland Perth sock yarn, which is just a fun to work with uh, color transition yarn. These are going to be gift socks, I think, for my sister-in-law. 
made mm-hmm. them a little bit bigger than me, my size. So they're going to be for my sister-in-law or my mother-in-law. I think my sister-in-law, because I gave my mother-in-law socks out of a different colorway of this yarn for Christmas this year. And I would rather give her something that looks a little bit more different. So yeah, I've got my little cuff going of my second sock. It's so cute. Yeah. And these are just my, like, we played board games with people on Tuesday. So I was working on these. These are my mm-hmm. out and about projects. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's what I've been working on. Sweet. Wow. I acquired a lot of things this week. Did you? Yes. I guess I'll start from the least exciting and go to the most exciting. So yesterday, yesterday was our anniversary and we took the day off and we needed an activity. So we walked to our local like toy shop and we got some puzzles. Ooh, we did this one. Sigh wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a traditional Japanese woodblock. It was harder than I thought. This is a 500. We did this yesterday. I'm a very manic puzzler. So uh, I definitely just get in the Zelda and I need to finish it in one day. So we did this 501. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. It was good. And then we got this one, this big thousand piece one of La Sagrada Familia, which is nice because it's summer we've been together. Cute. That's fun. Fun mm-hmm. activities. Yeah. My partner, he's like, it's so wholesome that you like to puzzle. And I'm like sitting there like blaring bardcore music, just like, God, I got to get these pieces. You know, just going nuts. Nice. Um, I also got a restock of incense from Baby Vidu, which is one of our favorite purveyors of all things witchy. Well, I shouldn't say all things witchy. Many things. Lots of wi- many witchy things. They have like incenses, handmade incenses, which are really nice, which is what I got. They have balms and candles and kits and stuff. So I got the veil lifted incense and they're actually in shorter sticks now, which is cool. And a little too, uh, with lots and lots in there. And all their packaging is eco-friendly and like no plastic, no waste, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And then I got the Montero incense, which is in here. You got me that one and it's real nice. I wanted to try it and it was great. I got lots of both of these because my niece is getting into little, little witchy stuff. So I want, I got enough to share with her. Nice. And last and most exciting is I ordered from the Spinjitsu uh, Etsy shop and their Instagram handle is in the sheet. Like you can see on there and it's just, hand-dyed fiber they do bats they do ro- like dyed roving they do all sorts of things but like look at this gradient oh that's real nice yeah mm-hmm. so this is eight ounces of gradient the words on it yeah eight ounces of gradient it goes from like a very like mustardy marigold and then it gets in little bits of greens and then like aquas and then purples it goes from warm to cool it's really pretty all I spend on gradients because I'm a sucker, but it's nice. Um, so yeah, eight ounces and it's a Dorset Polypay blend, which is a blend I've never tried before. I like Dorset. Dorset's nice. Mm-hmm. What was your experience spinning with it? Uh, it was like fluffy and pleasant. It kind of reminded me of Corydale. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just boring and, I, and the roving is actually pretty thin. Um, so it's going to be super easy to prep and just split in half and spin. Nice. That's awesome. It'll be really, really fun. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That's what I got this week. What did you get? 
Well, my mom sent me some Valentine's Day packages and I got flowers mm-hmm. and chocolates and macaroons and was really spoiled. But also in those packages, my sister had gone to a crystal shop and picked me out a couple of things. So I got a couple rocks. I rocks. got this rose quartz oh. star, which is very adorable. It's like a chunky little pink star. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a good pocket rock. And mm-hmm. I also got this pretty howlite tower um so it's white and it has like nice gray like striations Mm -hmm. in it and it almost looks like a white marble it does look like a white marble Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very pretty yeah rocks which is a good transition to our occult corner topic which is a rock (laughs) we like rocks Mm -hmm. this week we're gonna talk about pyrite yay pyrite we each have little chunks of pyrite. This is from my childhood rock collection, which is really like coming into its own now that I'm a little witchy and like rocks for what they symbolize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have this little pyrite pyramid that sits yes. on my desk. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I think the shape of it is fun. Uh, and it sits mm-hmm. on my desk. It's nice. Uh, I have some chunky towers and like lower towers on my desk so the cats don't knock them over as readily. Mm-hmm. And then I also have this pyrite which is my pocket rock pyrite because it's a little small Mm -hmm. cube and i really like this because pyrite often grows naturally in cubes so this is actually a natural non-carved shape this cube shape which Mm -hmm. is really cool i think pyrite is super fascinating in my googling today the things I, i learned so many cool things I learned that pyrite grows in crystalline formations they could be like you said cubes or they could be like like this one here, which is lots of teeny, teeny, tiny facets. Mm-hmm. So if it looks like it, it is in any way crystalline, it's pyrite. Gold doesn't do that. Gold is amorphous. Yeah. It'll be in the shape that like it cooled and hardened in, I would assume. I don't know anything about geology. Yeah. And if you're listening and you don't know what pyrite is, uh, it's a brass yellow mineral that has a really metallic sheen to it. And it's colloquially known as fool's gold. So we're talking about fool's gold. If you weren't familiar, pyrite is the actual name of that thing. Yeah. And the name pyrite comes from Greek pyros, meaning fire. And that's because it was originally used as a flint, something that makes sparks. So that way our, um, in the ancient world is a good way for them to reliably have something to use as a striker for starting fires. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. And then it continued to be used up until like, more recent times for its ability to create sparks. It was used in early firearms as a a flint spark maker. And the things I learned, it's really interesting now. It's being used like in batteries and photovoltaic cells. So all things that are kind of related to like energy and fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really neat. It's super fascinating. Another popular use for it is jewelry. Um, It was really popular in Victorian times, but it was called marcasite which is actually a different mineral um, that's lighter in color more brittle and it's chemically unstable so it decomposes really fast so marcasite not actually suitable for jewelry if you ever see jewelry that is labeled as marcasite it's probably pyrite yeah yeah all the yeah if you're looking if you want to look up cool old-timey jewelry or like vintage jewelry look up marcasite jewelry and it's 
it's interesting because it was very popular in Victorian times, but all, there's also some really cool art deco pieces and it was used, um, pyrite was also used in antiquity in the Hellenistic world for jewelry as well as in mosaics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And another way to tell pyrite and gold apart is that gold is really soft and will dent if you like put a pinpoint of pressure on it. And pyrite is more brittle and will break into thin pieces if you put a small amount of pressure on it. And you can do a streak test. Uh, A streak test is when you like rub a rock on a ceramic tile to see what color streak it leaves behind. And gold Hmm. leaves a yellow streak and pyrite will leave a greenish black streak. Mm. I didn't know that rock skid marking was something people use to test rocks. It is. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so more rock facts about pyrite. It's an iron sulfide and it's the most common sulfide mineral. Uh, it's so common that many geologists would consider it to be ubiquitous. Like it's all over the place. It's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it but it's also- shiny. But it is shiny and we like shiny things as human magpies. (laughs) And it often forms in cubes or uh, octahedrons less frequently than cubes or pyridohedrons. And sometimes the cubes can form uh, really close together uh, and form a raspberry shaped mass called a framboid. And these framboids are often so small that they're invisible to the naked eye and they're 0.01 millimeters big. And so cool. uh, yes, pyrite framboids are like everywhere. They're like in our soil. They're all over the place. And a guesstimate of the total number of pyrite framboids in the world is that there are about 10 billion times the number of sand grains that there are in the world of pyrite fam- framboids, which is many pyrite framboids uh yeah That's or a, so many about a million times the number of stars in the universe yes uh, so many little raspberries yes yes and there are like thousands of pyrite framboids being formed every second so it's cool that is super cool mm-hmm. okay so the rabbit hole i went down when looking up pyrite today was it's called was about fossils yeah yeah i have that in mind too because it's so cool (laughs) yeah about fossils and it's called pyrite disease or pyrite uh, rot and so a lot of times because this is such a ubiquitous mineral it can affect fossils and these are things that didn't like that didn't get fossilized super fast so they still retain their shape they were still three-dimensional things usually soft-bodied little sea creatures and little like nautiloid spirally sea creatures and then like they'll just start to crystallize over with pyrite but that's not a good thing because this is iron sulfide and iron rusts So like the pyrite that coats these things will cause it to look rusty and decay. But the way to combat this, if you are a fossil hunter or archaeologist of some sort, is the same way you protect something against rust is low humidity and temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this happens because pyrite forms when there is a supply of iron, sulfur, and an oxygen poor environment. And these are conditions that often happen when organic material is is decaying in the ground so 
it basically what happens is the pyrite will like form and it replaces the natural material of the shell over time. So it's not like the shell is coated in pyrite. It becomes pyrite, which is so sweet. (laughs) Uh, And Mm -hmm. more than 90% of the pyrite on earth is formed by this microbiological process. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So pyrite in general is formed by the micro uh, microbiological it, process, but it like can, both it can in rock be form and on the fossils. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, and it can be formed in other ways. It doesn't have to be a microbiological process. It can form in like rocks uh, because mm-hmm. pyrite and gold actually often appear in uh, the same mineral deposit. A lot of times, that's like how it became. Mm-hmm to be known as fool's gold and uh, gold is often present inside of pyrite crystals in really small amounts. Uh, But the abundance of pyrite is due to the fact that it can be formed by this microbiological process. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. I thought it was really fascinating how like the pyrite growing over a fossil or like an animal's remains can like cause it to totally erode and crumble into dust. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though. Cause like those Nautiluses, if you cut them in half, like all of the little like internal chambers are shiny and gold. So I, mm-hmm. that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can preserve them and they don't get all oxidized and rust out, they look super beautiful. That's another one. Definitely worth a Google image search. Yes. Yeah. And pyrite is still used um, today for some important chemical processes. It used to be the major source of uh, sulfuric acid that we now get that from some other processes, but we still do uh, get a lot of sulfuric acid from pyrite. And sulfuric acid is one of the most used industrial chemicals. It's in a ton of our stuff, pigments, paints, enamels, printing stuff, coloring, fabrics, paper. It's in a ton of stuff like that. It's probably Mm -hmm. in a lot of your dyes. Probably so. I also saw that some people are using uh, pyrite for like nanotechnology stuff, like, because it can, much like gold that can be pounded to like extremely thin, thin layers, pyrite can also be formed into layers that are only a few like atoms, molecules thick. And so it's really good for making little like nanotubes and things. Sweet. Uh, And then witchiness wise, pyrite uh, can have many different meanings. Uh, A lot of people see it as a protection stone uh, and uh, it also can be considered lucky and uh, attracting wealth and abundance uh, because of the gold color, like how we Mm -hmm. talk about many crystal meanings are related to their color meanings. Uh, And I also really like to think of it from the its name and its uh, name origin, like the spark of getting something done and it being kind of like mm. a, pr- a productivity stone. That's why it's on my desk. Nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should keep this little guy on my desk to keep me focused too. Yeah. Actually getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the associations I saw were basically, like you said, because of the color, anything that is associated with the color gold or perhaps with the sun or with fire is associated with pyrite. Yeah, you'll see it used in a lot of like, and if you're doing any spells for abundance or like wealth attracting, it's used in a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are like not things that uh, I think I should speak on because I don't have any expertise, but I saw that it's got uh, a lot. Pyrite has a significance in feng shui and some Thai spiritual practices as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Shiny rocks. Yay. This one is particularly shiny. It is. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to dip into the rock stuff every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I've got. Yep. Me too. S- sweet. It's been another thrilling chat. And I think we just have a little bit of promo to do before we uh, hit the old dusty road. So if you wanted to share Emily stuff you got going on. So I have those two art events that I mentioned up at the top, Art on the Vine Mm -hmm. on February 20th and March 13th. Come see me. But I also have a pin drop happening on March 1st, which is the day that this podcast drops, if you're listening on the audio. Uh, And I'm not telling people what it is yet. So uh, there's a sneak peek in my email newsletter. And uh, it may or may not, even once I reveal it, be a sneak peek at a bigger collection that I am doing with Junk Yarn. So keep your eyeballs on that. It's going to be a fun time. Awesome. So if you're looking where to find Emily's email newsletter and other such things, you can just head on over to fibercoven.com. It'll link you over to Emily's patterns and pins, and it'll link you over to my yarn and anything you could want to do with the fiber coven, including our blog posts and our Patreon and our discord, just find that all on fibercoven.com. We'd love to hang out with you on the internet. Yep. We also have a handy dandy link to the uh, There and Back Again knit along that Lauren is running all year for Lord of the Rings fun craft makes. Uh, So go check that out. Uh, You can chat with people and see everyone's projects and it's a fun time. And that is a public discord. So you don't have to be a patron to jump in there. It's open. The Cal is open to any fiber craft uh, that is token themed either in the fiber or in the project that you're making with it. It's just an open group for anybody who wants to play with fiber and get nerdy about Tolkien. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. It was great spending time with you. And until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.